This episode of Beach Weekly is brought to you by Long Beach Transit. If you think about it, your commute to school has been free for over a year. If you count walking from your bed to your desk, a commute. Keep it going with free rides to real, actual campus aboard Long Beach Transit. Make the bus part of your routine. Visit RideLBT.com students for more info. I'm only 20 years old, dude. Like, I didn't think I was gonna see anything at this age. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to Beach Weekly, a podcast created and produced by Long Beach State student-run newspaper, The Daily 49er. My name is Jeremy Taylor, the podcast editor here at The Daily 49er, and I will be your host this week. Keep listening for an interview with Ulysses Vija and Rain O as they sat down with Aziza Gomez to discuss their experience covering the Gavin Newsom Stop the Recall rally. But first, let's get right into this week's Beach Weekly update. First up is sports. Long Beach State women's volleyball team loses their conference opener. The women's volleyball team's defense was solid, but its offense faltered as they dropped the first conference game of the season to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo Friday night. Up next, Long Beach State looks to bounce back in a home game Saturday night against Cal State Bakersfield, the first time the two have ever gone head-to-head in conference play in the program's history. In women's soccer, a last-second goal gives Cal State Long Beach the win against UC San Diego. With one second left, Long Beach State's junior forward Lena Solano scored her second goal of the night to give her team a 2-1 win in the Beach's Big West Conference opener against UC San Diego Thursday night. In general news, Long Beach State student government voiced their concerns with how issues surrounding COVID-19 on campus have been affecting the community. Associated Student Inc. Senator Isaac Hulian and Senator Karen Galindo brought their concerns to the Senate during their latest meeting on Wednesday where they discussed the enforcement of the COVID-19 policies and protocol, such as the daily pre-screen that students must fill out in order to come onto campus. Students must fill out the pre-screen prior to coming onto campus, which determines whether they are eligible to attend on-campus classes. But according to some members of the Senate, there is a growing concern that students are not filling them out since professors do not check the pre-screen. Lastly, in our Arts and Life section, The Great Auto Car Show displayed 62 cars of all makes for guests to marvel at. However, different from most car shows, the vehicles were arranged in order of the colors of the rainbow in celebration of the LGBTQ plus community. The car show also helped fill the void for those saddened by the Belmont Shores car show that didn't happen this year. Head over to thedaily49er.com where you can read more campus and Long Beach related news as well as multimedia content like this podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Daily49er. Thank you guys for joining us on this week's episode of Beach Weekly. I am your host, Aziza Gomez, and joining me today are Daily49er members, Ulysses Villa and Rain O. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty good. It's the end of the week. I don't have class. I can just chill, turn to my assignments. (laughs) I'm a senior and I still have a, a Friday morning class. No, same. That's that's really unfortunate. So sorry for your losses. I'm just <clears> chilling. So jelly. But you know what? You deserve it. You deserve that break. Felicis, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Um, I had uh, two of the most difficult classes I had uh, um, on Thursdays for the week. So uh, I do have a class on Friday, but it's not so bad. It's just uh, it's just a photojournalism class, so I really like it. So it's not too much of a loss for me. So I know this is like our first time talking. So I want to know, um, mm-hmm. 
when did you guys start doing journalism and like what inspired you and how did you know like you wanted to pursue journalism? That's that's a pretty good question. Uh, um, I started um, kind of taking classes on a whim uh, in El Camino College because after high school I didn't know um, where I wanted to go with my life so I kind of just went the um, community college route and didn't want to go anywhere near where I live um, in Southgate. So like El Cerritos, well, El Cerritos College was kind of like a no-go for me. So I figured I'd go to El Camino where I'd apply for some political science classes. And um, I, I don't think it was working out for me. So then I took a photography class on a whim and a friend of mine from that class told me you can get your photos published in the newspaper if you apply for um for the newspaper and i said oh okay i'll do that and then took a class and uh, from there i just fell in love with the aspect of telling stories through photos and that's how i got into journalism well i got into photojournalism then i got into journalism yeah that's kind of my small story that's pretty sick my parents actually went to el camino college and i have a cousin going there right now so nice. it's like, yeah, they used to live in the South, yeah, the South Bay area, actually. Nice. Um, for me, I actually, um, it's funny be that you asked because I just changed my major to journalism. I was a film major for about two and a half years. I was into media and I was very involved in editing. I was really involved with video editing at the time. And so I was like, I had my mindset on film. Um, but what happened was that after I graduated high school, I was able to have a summer internship with CBS LA, KCAL 9 Studios in Studio City. So I got to intern there. I went in there thinking, oh, maybe, like I wasn't um, involved with journalism at all like at that time I think I was, I was like 18 I was like very very into film but I was like oh shit this oh my god can I cuss I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> that was so hard for me to try not to that's uh -huh. why yeah. I I like cuss so casually I'm so sorry JT if you're editing this I'm so sorry <laughs> so try my hand interning there and that's my first introduction introduction into journalism and I was like I was very into like the high energy, like fast pace, like hustle and bustle environment of it. Um, I liked it a lot more than film because in film you spend like maybe one to three years working on the same project. And then after, only after those years, you get to see the final project. But like with broadcast news, everything is, you get immediate results like you see what you make like immediately. And I think I felt more validated and gratified by that. Um, so yeah, I came to Cassie Long Beach film major and then I decided to minor in journalism, maybe like last year. And then I changed my major a couple of weeks ago because I was in my third year as a film major and um, I'm learning absolutely nothing that was teaching me anything skill-based. Like three years into the film major, I'm still learning like theoretical concepts and like history of film and history of 
fiction and like all of these like abstract concepts that won't materialize into something and so I was like I'm paying 3.5k a year I'm about to graduate next year like I'm not learning anything so then I just decided to make the switch because I joined the Daily 49er on a whim and I was already like having a lot more hands-on experiences and like actual like tangible results and I was like yeah this film sucks I'm just gonna switch so that's my introduction to journalism I feel you on that I've been doing so many things on a whim I took this job on a whim and it's interesting that you both say that because journalism is like all about storytelling my storytelling mainly it comes from making songs and like mm-hmm. me and my band our first single we released we worked on it for two years and we just released it and I think that is like the biggest switch I had to make from being like a musician to being like a podcast host is mm-hmm. you have to make content every week mm-hmm. and you have to be active on what's happening like in our community and I, I really enjoy it yeah I'm pretty sure you've met like a lot of cool people us not included obviously (laughs) so what assignment were you guys on so the story was on biden visiting long beach to Mm -hmm. help newsom governor california governor gavin newsom to support his anti-recall campaign Mm -hmm. and it was just an attempt for um biden to urge voters to go to the ballots and vote no on on the recall that was the plan that was the yeah plan. That, that was what that, that was, was what we were told <laughs> we're there for. yeah they like sent us an email they were like oh yeah so there's going to be a special visit and keep your eyes out for that we're not going to tell you anything else and we were like okay yeah and that was just the lbcc um page i mentioned it Southland is bringing its credit union experience to the Long Beach State campus. As a student of Long Beach State, you are eligible to join with access to our new university student union branch, student loan services, free checking, and free financial educational resources. Visit Beach CU for more information. How are you guys introduced to the assignment? So you're telling me you weren't really like specifically told what it was beforehand i mean <clears throat> well i had seen um on twitter that because i was in the library doing homework and then i was kind of like taking my 10 minute interval breaks you know between studying nice. studying <laughs> <laughs> and so i was uh, going on my phone and i saw on twitter that uh, um robert garcia had said something about looking forward to President Biden coming to Long Beach on Monday. And then I was like, oh, we should, someone should write about this. Like, this is important for us. And then I, <clears throat> I was looking into it more. And then I found out uh, that the White House had held this um, press conference mm-hmm. on uh, Biden's uh, West Coast visit, which was basically like this West Coast tour where he was going to go first to Boys, Idaho to survey wildfire and then the next well that same day on Monday after Idaho Boys, Idaho he was going to go to Sacramento to also um, survey wildfire and then go to Long Beach to help um, California Governor Gavin Newsom uh, 
uh, urge voters to vote no on his recall ballot. And so when I saw all, all that um, during the White House press um, conference, I immediately like texted um, Lauren and Nick on the Slack channel to like figure out if somebody's gonna write a brief about um, the president visiting and uh, come up with like a plan to go on Monday. And that was like the first time I heard about the story. Gotcha. So what exactly were you guys, were your guys' roles that day? <laughs> we were, we were like the, we were the eyes. We were the eyes and the ears. We were the eyes and the ears for the entire scene. Um, I know Ulysses was the photographer. I was the videographer. Um, so yeah, our job was basically to just document everything that we saw and to show everyone what was going on, like to actually give them like um, visuals for the event. And how many um, team members were there that day in total? We had, so the thing is, there was two events going on that, that day on Monday. Mm -hmm. And the first one was uh, Biden arriving, on his Air Force One to um, the Long Beach Airport. That was the first event, you know, where press could come and take pictures. And so we got access to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was through the White House email link to, to press that we got. And uh, we RSVP'd individually. Each reporter individually had a report. I mean, um, RSVP for the event. It was very official. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> But the, I think, okay, so there was one of, that was the event, one, the first event. And then the next one was Biden actually going to Long Beach City College to meet up with Gavin Newsom. God, and yeah. yeah, so that was two events. And for each one, you had to RSVP, which was where we kind of, I think, didn't prepare. It was one, I think, honestly, looking back. They didn't right, send out a was, notice. They didn't have a, anything. Yeah. That's the thing. I think. I was, I think reading back on the White House letter, it was clearly stated that it was just for the Air Force One um, press junket. Yeah. Because it had nothing, it didn't say anything about Long Beach City College. No, like, no. It wasn't anything explicit saying, you know, it was just kind of implied through the LBCC page. Mm -hmm. But that was on our part. And I think that was one of like the first red flags to notify us that we were just walking into something we're not prepared for. I think yeah. that was like the first red flag. Because yeah. clearly on Monday when we had split it up, we did split up into teams. Mm -hmm. um, it was Rain. Rain Nick. I, would, Nick. I went out with Nick because we were like, we should get ready for the LBCC thing because we RSVP'd, right? Right. But like, the, we tried to enter like so many times. Um, we, I felt like something was off because when we went to like the entrance for like press, right? Like the press entrance, they mm -hmm. were like, oh, actually the press entrance is on the other side of the campus. And we were like, okay. So then we walked all the way to the other side of the campus. And then the secret service was like, oh, actually we just closed off like all media entrance. And then we were like, okay, but 
we RSVP'd, can we still, is there still a way for us to get in? And they were like, well, if you go back to the other side of the campus, they might take, they might still take you guys. And we were like, okay, I guess. So then we walked all the way back. And then they're like, oh, we stopped accepting people. And then I got really pissed, right? And I was like, we RSVP'd. I RSVP, we were being ping-ponged back by your like dumb little like secret service agents. Like, can we please get in? And so like the people organizing the event were like, okay, we'll check the list, right? And we were like, I was like, yeah, we RSVP'd, of course we are on the list. We wait like 15 minutes. Nick and I are just like, we were just exhausted at that point because the, the campus is pretty big and you know, like- What time not, was it? It was like 6 p.m., 6 or 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. And like, um, I was I was really angry because I was like, these guys are like deliberately trying to like, you know, like um, cause us to go into disarray because, you know, it's the president. Like I, I kind of get it because like they can't have, they have to control for the amount of people covering them. So then the organizers like come back, they're like, oh, actually you're not on the list. And I was like, what? We RSVP'd and everything. But then I think later we found out that they denied access to like all of the like small independent, like quote unquote insignificant journalists. And they only let in like the big honchos of the media press, you know, like CBS. Yeah, Long Beach. Yeah, Long Beach Post, you know? Yeah, so it was just really horrible. So you, Rain, were at the LBCC event. Mm -hmm. Were you also at that event or were you at the other one? So around the time that um, Rain was at the event, um, me and Tin were at the airport waiting for the president to arrive. He didn't actually arrive until around seven around seven ish and we had got there like at around five so we were there for a pretty cool while while rain was the first one on scene keep in mind he, rain was there from i think from five right did you get there at five i showed up to lbcc at three thirty, and then i okay. followed you guys to the airport around like five and then we left at six so then i came back to lbcc and then yeah, I just kind of stayed there after yeah, that. So, yeah, so Rain, they were there for a cool while mm -hmm. while we were just waiting for the Air Force One um, plane to arrive. And uh, yeah, that was kind of um, a misstep on our part because I was seeing reports, well, yeah, reports from uh, journalists that I followed on Twitter talking about where they were seated at the um, at the event where Gavin Newsom and Biden were going to speak. And it looked nothing like what Rain was showing me because I had asked Rain if you, they, if they could take a picture of, uh, of like the event to like tweet it out mm -hmm. so that we could let know, we could let like the day 49er audience know that we're there reporting at the, uh, on scene. And so when I was seeing, uh, when I was comparing Rain's, Rain's photo and, um, the uh, uh the other reporter from Long Beach, it looked. I just put two and two together. And it was like, okay, there's clearly something wrong. Like, rain is not where they're supposed to be. And um, while everything that they were going through, I did, I wasn't aware of. So like, 
literally like way later until we all reconvened. I had asked the reporter, I'm just gonna say his name, Jason Ruiz was the one that I uh, DM'd because nice. he really nice. helped me out. I was asking him, yo, like, I didn't say yo, but <laughs> I told him, hey, how did you get, how did you get to that part? Or how did you get to the press junction? junction, junction? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, we did it through the link. And I'm like, which link? I, we didn't get any link like that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's at the LBCC page. And I'm like, well, I didn't see it. We didn't see that. We looked. I'm pretty yeah. sure we looked. It was just people, I, I'm like 100% convinced that there were people like deliberately trying to sabotage as many of like, right. like independent journalists as possible because it was such a big event. But like, did they really have to screw us over? I didn't think that was necessary. Like, they, I, I wish, I wish like the people organizing the event were like more, I don't know, like, um transparent about their intentions with withholding information from us i'm pretty sure they withheld a lot of information from us on purpose um a lot of my friends that day were telling me that when they drove by lbcc there was like a bunch of protesters did you guys prepare yourselves beforehand for the protesters no (laughs) yeah like i said i think um just not figuring out how did RSVP, if if the same RSVP link that we were sent to applied for the Air Force One event and the rally um, event. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was just like, um, yeah, we weren't planning it. We yeah. didn't plan it well. I think like, because we were so like engaged with the idea of seeing Biden, right? Like that's, yeah, the only, yeah. that was the only thing we were told. We were just being told that Biden is coming to Long Beach. And that was our like, that was our assignment. But like, I think none of us anticipated that like when Joseph Biden comes to town, it attracts a lot of like, a lot of like angry people who don't particularly like Joe Biden. And I don't think that hit us until we actually saw all of the protesters outside LBCC. I remember the, I was driving to LBCC. I was thinking like, Oh yeah, I'm going to see like, I'm going to see Joe Biden. I'm going to get footage. I'm going to like ace this. I'm going to ace this like assignment. And then I get to LBCC and like the first thing that like tipped me off was like, there were like so many cops just like preventing me from like entering our meetup spot. And I was like, what's going on? And then I like look down the street and there's just like a huge like marching line of like protesters with like flags and everything and I was like oh yeah right like right-wing people exist I like totally forgot it like left my mind I like I didn't I I, like totally forgot and I I was driving I was like oh man I did not prepare for this and um we did have like an escape route plan um we were going to meet up at Nick's house if like if things got really bad, you know, but this was like our first time being in this kind of an environment. Like, mm-hmm. of course we knew like if things immediate, if there was like clear and present danger, then we just, we just leave, you know, and we, we take care of each other first, but like, there's no, like, we don't have, we didn't have like an actual protocol because we didn't know we would need one, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't have conversations about 
thinking more like just setting expectations and boundaries for when for how crisis should be handled mm -hmm. and those kind of conversations shouldn't be planned during crisis mm -hmm. and they're more about dealt with uh, outside of crisis when everyone's thinking clearly which we didn't do so i know you uh, guys yeah. are both like in different parts of your journey but did you guys ever expect to see like this much action so soon in your career i'm only 20 years old dude like i didn't think i was gonna see anything at this age like um i have seen protesters before i've i've been like I have seen many like Trump protests and Trump rallies before. So like seeing this wasn't my first time seeing it, but like staying there and like reporting on it, that was that was something I never anticipated. Um, I mean, it's cool. I can like brag about it now. Like I got to cover a protest, like a very um, hostile protest. But like at 20 years old, like nine days after I changed my major, did not expect that to happen. Oh, Rain, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. It's a learning experience. Yeah, definitely. Going further in your journey, how do you think in the future you're going to avoid situations like this or like um, situations where you're confronted with aggression or with someone who is not like on the same page as you? just a lot of people skills. I think personally for me, um, I might abstain from covering like very tense political events just because like I've had like really bad brushes with events like that in the past. But like if I had known, if I had known that um, there was going to be something like this happening, then I probably would have like sat out. But being able to like know your, know your limits yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to pass your boundary to know your boundary. Yeah. Yeah. For real, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did this situation change how you, uh, how you view journalism? Did it inspire you? Did it scare you a little bit? How do you feel now about like your choice to be a journalism major slash journalist? Um, it didn't really discourage me, honestly. Um, I think that I think that protest is just one aspect of journalism that happens. Uh, but uh, mm, yeah, I don't know what to say. No, <laughs> I had an idea, but I don't know. Um, I think the day after the event, I was like, I was still processing it and I was still very like emotionally reactive. So I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, why did I decide to do this? Like, this is, this is terrifying. Why am I here? Like, I just like, um, I, I don't know if I'm fit for this, if I just like, if I'm just not a journalist enough, like to handle this kind of um, this kind of intensity, you know. Um, but also, I was just like going through it that day, um, 
now I don't, I, I still don't have any regrets. Like I still am really happy that I joined journalism. I just know now that like maybe on the field reporting, like on the field political reporting isn't for me. I, I like I mentioned this before, but like I'm more so of like the editing person. I, I do all of the like behind the scenes stuff. I'm rarely out on the field, but um. I was not inspired by protesters. I don't think, I don't think that's something that can ever inspire me. Uh, um, I did feel, um, I did feel a little bit disillusioned. I, cause when you're surrounded by so many, like when you're surrounded by that kind of people, it can feel like the world is full of only that kind of people. Mm. But um, I think, taking distance away from like keeping distance between myself and what happened that day like giving myself time to like process it mm. i sort of reached that equilibrium but that whole thing was just like really intense but um i wasn't really discouraged i just i think i was just really happy that at the least i could know more about what my specific role in journalism would be. And it's also inspiring because like we're going to be the generation that has these conversations, these discussions, these experiences, and we're going to use them to help the newer generations. I'm, I'm glad that, um, I'm glad I was able to speak about it, honestly. Um, I'm going to see someone to like talk about it because it's, it, it, it is a lot, it's genuinely a lot, but like, um, I think it's good to, I don't think in journalism classes, they ever tell you how to prepare yourself emotionally for things, huh? Cause it's mostly just like all of the, all of the skills-based things, like how to edit, how to copy mm -hmm. edit, and how to like take good photos and good videos, but they never really tell you like what to do with your emotions when you're out there reporting. That's something that I guess schools just expect you to learn on your own, which mm. I don't think is right because just because something isn't like, I guess like academically fundamental doesn't mean it's not mm. important. Um, I wish there were classes on like how to take care of yourself it would be really nice because i had to like figure that on my own mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. i think yeah. that's a good point mm -hmm. but uh it's good that we're talking about it because now at least now we submitted that into like the collective consciousness and people have a little bit more knowledge on like how things happen and how mm. we handle things Thank you guys for everything you've done in your field already. Like, you guys have seen so much. <laughs> so, again, thank you for joining me today on Beach Weekly. And thank you to all of you for listening. I'm Aziza Gomez. And this was this week's episode of Beach Weekly. Have a good night. 8 a.m. exam crams are what we do at the beach. So is riding the bus for free. Long Beach Transit is offering free rides to campus, work, and home to start the semester. Save on parking and make the bus part of your routine. Visit RideLBT.com students for schedules and route information.